You are listening to the Influencer Podcast, episode number 76. Upon entering the nine to five world, these two friends felt like there had to be more to life after college. So they packed their bags and got busy building an online business that would allow them to live and work from anywhere. And I mean anywhere on their own terms. That business has since evolved into a multi six figure platform that teaches millennial women highly sought after online skills so they can do the same. On top of that, they head up a thriving community of more than 40,000 aspiring and seasoned location independent girl bosses and have earned features in Forbes and CNBC. That's right. Today I'm here with my dear, dear friends, Cassie and Shay, the co founders of the Bucket List Bombshells. These ladies are inspiring the future of remote work for millennial women around the globe. And I love them and I can't wait to hear all about their journey and most importantly, share that with you guys. So let's dive in, shall we? Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, Andrea W3, and she says, Julie always answers all the right questions. I've been listening to the Influencer Podcast for a couple of months and absolutely love it. As my own social influence is growing, I find myself searching for the answers to questions I have in past episodes because there's a good chance Julie has talked about it. She's a great interviewer and makes sure to ask very specific questions, which is super helpful. Things keep changing in the influencer world and Julie has a keen eye on it. She's always open to discussing new topics, which means she has an open mind, and that's someone I'm interested in listening to. Thanks, Julie. Can't wait to keep tuning in. Well, thank you, Andrea, for that awesome review. I so appreciate it. And I'm really glad that this podcast has helped you navigate our space, especially because it continues to change every day, like you just said. So I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week. So please, please, please make sure to go over to iTunes and subscribe to the Influencer Podcast. I know that it doesn't seem like a crazy ask, but it really is one that helps us make sure that we are highlighting what you need in upcoming episodes. And make sure to screenshot this this episode on your phone and tag me on your Instagram story at Joel Solomon and our guest today at Bucketless Bombshells and hashtag the influencer podcast to let us know that you're joining in today as you know that we love to dive in, see who you are and share those screenshots on our stories too. Now let's dive in to this week's episode. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hello, bucket list bombshells. Hey, Julie. Hi, Julie. Hi. It is so, so great having you both on. So for those listening, I am speaking with the amazing Cassie and Shay from the Bucket List Bombshells, who I have had such an honor and privilege to get to know and support and um, really become sisters in this online world with over the last year. So I'm going to go ahead and let them dive in. Shay and Cassie, I would first love to kind of let our audience know how we all met. Yeah, well, we met through Melissa's mastermind group, and I feel like it's been so awesome. Like you just said, we've had such an amazing sisterhood, and so it's been, I think, about a year now, which is crazy. Time just flies by, but I feel like we both absolutely love you and just respect you so much. We're so excited to be here and be on this podcast, so thanks for having us. 
Absolutely. And right back at you. I, I love you both. I've, I've gotten to just really get to know you. And, and it's been fun because we've also gotten to kind of connect and see each other outside the mastermind and other, you know, just walks of professional mm-hmm. life too, which has been really, really fun. But I would love to go ahead and dive in because I know that my community of listeners, which are predominantly bloggers and influencers or aspiring bloggers and influencers, or even people that work with bloggers and influencers are really going to soak up and love everything that you stand for, what you do, um, really the, the community that you cultivate. A lot of them may already know the bucket list bombshells, but if they don't, I would love for you to dive in to exactly who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so for anyone who is listening, any of your listeners who aren't familiar with us, basically our mission at Bucketless Bombshells, or since Shay and I started Bucketless Bombshells, is to pave the future of remote work for millennial women around the world. So if you're not familiar with remote work, there's so many different terms now. Digital nomads, location independent girl bosses, basically having the freedom and flexibility to work remotely from your laptop. And the other part that's super important for Shay and I that we've just experienced such incredible growth from is the travel piece. So um, our world is basically encouraging women to start their own businesses, open up the world of what it's like to work online and travel full-time. And so, like you said, we've basically started that through our online courses. And from there, really found the need for a community. Um, We kind of joke that we started Bucket List Bombshells because we wanted more girlfriends on the road. And um, that was just, there's, really has been since the beginning. So we started about five years ago, kind of a lack of community. And I feel like just knowledge around, you know, it sounds so impossible. Like how are people working from their laptops and working from different locations around the world? You know, we're currently based in Bali, Indonesia. And so that's kind of part of our mission is showing women and also girls who are just graduating from university as well, that there are other options then the nine to five route. Like if you feel like that's not the route for you, if you're stuck in your cubicle job and you're feeling uninspired and you're like, I have so much more to give. I know I'm a go-getter. Um, then we want to show them that there is this world out there where you can take your skills and your passions, build your own business, and then also have just so much joy and the flexibility and freedom that you can have to kind of design a lifestyle that works for you. And that's what I love about the, really the business that you both have created, because not only is it really this community and the support system of, you know, really helping women, um, with the confidence that they need to work from anywhere, but most importantly, you actually help these women cultivate and find jobs in which they can work from anywhere from graphic design to email marketing to website design. So can you kind of walk us through how you do that, whether it be through your online courses or some of the other programs that you offer that really teach um, millennials and, and, and women how to cultivate the the passions that they may have and, and really monetize them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a big one. We love the community aspect of it, but at the end of the day, we're here to learn skills and to build an online business. And so when it comes to online courses, one of the things that always, you know, was frustrating to us was not actually walking away from the course, feeling like I had skills that I could actually implement and create whatever was, you know, promised to me in the course. So 
for us, it was really, really important to create a series of online courses that are really complementary to each other, build off each other, but give you the exact skills that you need to be able to accomplish your dreams and your desires to be an online girl boss. So like you said, we teach tech skills, we teach design skills, we also teach how to build an online business. So we do that through the series of three courses. So we have the tech skills course, where you're going to learn how to be a project manager, how to be a website designer, email marketing manager, social media manager. Then we also have the design skills course where you're going to be able to become a graphic designer, learn logos, email, lo email marketing graphics, um, different things where you can become a full graphic design studio. And then taking those skills and moving on to our our larger course, which is the work online and travel the world course. And this is the one where we're going to teach you how to take those skills and turn them into an online business where you can learn how to find and land clients, how to market yourself online, how to build your solopreneur website to showcase your skills, how to manage the finances of your business, and then how to do that all while traveling the world. So how to do that becoming location independent, which has its own unique um, differences than running your business solely from, you know, your your room or or a co-working space in your local community. And when you say travel the world, you both literally mean that. So if you can if you can actually <laughs> share with our listeners right now where like and I'll just go ahead and like it's it's 8 30 at night here in Los Angeles. Where are you and what time is it? Yeah, we are in our co-working space, actually sitting in a Skype booth in Bali, Indonesia, and it is 1130 in the morning. So we're, we're a day ahead of you. We're living in the future. And how many, um, and gosh, it, it may be so many countries at this point, but all of the women in your community, where are they in the world? Yeah, so the majority of our audience is based in the United States, but we actually just um, kind of went through our communities and we really wanted to know, like, where are students from? And we actually have students represented in 51 countries around the world, which is crazy. Even some countries, I'm going to admit, I hadn't even heard of. So it's really, really exciting. I mean, all of our courses are in English, but it's been really cool to see how you know, you start off with something that you're so passionate about and you kind of just start talking to the people around you, you build a community around it, and then it just ends up having these ripple effects around the world. And I think that is really, really cool for us, especially because we travel so much and we love, you know, being a part of different cultures. So it's been really cool to see how our courses and our community has also kind of gone worldwide as well. Absolutely. And really, you know, how I envision the bucket list bombshell um, community member to be is really someone who dives into your community, your programs, your services, kind of learns what they need to learn. And then they just like, pick up a backpack and they kind of go. And then they're like, I'm in Costa Rica as a graphic designer, or, you know, I'm in Amsterdam doing web design or, you know, um, helping, you know, other influencers and bloggers learn the strategies that they need while, you know, uh, in my Airbnb in Paris. Like, I just feel like it's, it really allows women to pick up and go and really live their dreams from a global scale while also being able to, to monetize what they're doing day to day. Yeah, it's, you know, the beauty of the internet, obviously, this goes for kind of your industry and the influencer industry as well. But it's just it's revolutionized, obviously, the way people work. And so I think because we come from kind of the corporate mindset, 
it really does take a lot, even from when we started, but also for girls in our community to realize when they are able to work from their laptop, it can be pretty much from anywhere. You know, there obviously you need to pay attention to having access to good Wi-Fi and there's more to it. There's things that you realize, you know, that you want as you're traveling and in these communities that you start to be a part of. Um, but it's been, it's been really, really cool to kind of see how the internet has opened this whole world. And like you said, you're able to just kind of pack a backpack, pack your laptop and, and kind of work from wherever. And we like to call it living creatively is sort of the term that we use, because even though Shay and I have been you know, quote unquote, traveling full time for five years, we have based ourselves in certain places for around two years as well, because we found places we really love. And so there are so many different ways that we want people to be able to utilize their own freedom. You know, if they want to stay in their hometown, if they only want to travel, you know, two months out of the year, like this world is so flexible for you to be able to create whatever you want. And we've even had some students that are doing kind of the van life um, whole phase that's going on right now. So they've started their online businesses, they've gutted vans, and they're now like traveling around the States you know, that's their dream. And I think it's really, really cool to see how people are making it their own. Mm. And I love that. I I just love the vision of someone like gutting, you know, an airstream (laughs) and just like going for it. I just, I love that. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 
30-day trial to start your business, go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Um, I want to, I want to talk about kind of like a confidence piece for a little bit, because to, to really be able to have the guts to say, I'm going to do this online thing. I, you know, maybe I'm making a little bit of money from it already. Maybe I'm not yet. Maybe I'm just kind of still in that learning phase, but I'm going to take the leap of faith to, you know, scrounge up whatever money that I do have, leave the cushy, safe corporate job and like go out. So like whether that's stateside, whether that's worldwide, whatever that is for that person, I would love for you guys to dive in a little bit on that confidence piece. And, you know, how were you both individually able to really overcome some of the fear that can come up with actually doing that. I mean, that leap of faith can be very, very scary. And and what have you seen in terms of the other women in your community and how they're able to take that leap of faith? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's something I really, really struggled with in the beginning. Um, you know, I started my business when I was 21, pretty much right out of college. I knew I didn't want to do the corporate nine to five because I had worked while going to school and I just knew that wasn't what I wanted. But then the flip side, like you said, to know that it's really in an unknown path to be following to decide at 21, I'm going to start my business. I don't feel incredibly experienced. Like who's going to trust me? Who's going to take me seriously? What skills do I actually have to offer? Um, and that was a really big thing that held me back. I actually had a, like, uh, someone in my, um, network that wanted to hire me to do some Pinterest work for them actually and blogging and some of the other things I was kind of doing for my own blog. I had a travel blog at the time and I told her, I was like, no, you know, it's not really, it's not really something I do. You know, like I don't, I don't really have a business. Like, I'm not really sure like what you should, you know, what I should charge you. And I just continued to have excuse ever after excuse, but I knew deep down that's something I wanted. And so I kind of finally had this like breakdown moment with my mom at a Starbucks. Actually, I remember sitting outside and my mom is just, she's been incredibly supportive through this whole process, but especially in the beginning. And I just kept telling her, like, I don't have enough experience. Like, why is, why are people going to hire me? Like, what am I doing? Maybe I should go back to the States and like get a job and get more experience. And she was like, Cass, you can do this. Like you went to school, you have a degree. And so I kind of just, you know, laid it all out there. And I realized like, what, you know, what do I have to lose? And I kind of took that perspective of, you know, the nine to five will always be there. I can always go back if I need to. (laughs) That was sort of my fallback, I guess, idea. And once I decided to step into that, I went all in. Like I didn't just dip my baby toe in. I like jumped full force and I just, I built my website. I spent hours upon hours, like reaching out to clients, pitching clients online, trying to be a part of people's teams, watching YouTube videos. You know, when you hear about people being in that hustle phase, I was like, I'm going to make this happen. And even if it doesn't happen, I'm going to know that I gave it 
everything that I possibly had. And of course, hindsight is always 2020, but it's been, you know, the best decision ever. But we see girls in our community struggling with this exact thing time and time again. And I actually loved the podcast episode or interview that you did with Marie Forleo recently. And she was like, it doesn't go away. You know, like we still we do, we still feel unconfident about things. Um, I feel like your, you know, your level of what your, your kind of comfort zone expands and then you're like, okay, I feel comfortable with this, but then it just grows, (laughs) you know, then there's something else out there. And so we deal with that on, you know, even a weekly basis, but you start gathering little wins as you go along. And like Marie said, I think it's the perfect piece of advice. You just start acting out like despite it. Um, and that's kind of the advice that we give the girls as well when they're dealing with confidence issues. It's like, we all, we all are going through this, but we all have to start somewhere. You know, Marie started somewhere, Shay and I started somewhere, Oprah started somewhere, you started somewhere, Julie. And so I think that gives girls a lot of confidence to know that, you know, we were in those exact same positions, but because we decided to take action, that's where, why we're at where we're at now. Mm, I love that. And you said it so amazingly. And I definitely agree as well is that you really just have to have that inner knowing and that belief that if you, if you don't at least try, then you're never going to know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I want to kind of dive in a little bit, kind of thinking of like who, you know, I'm trying to put myself in the position of, of the ideal bucket list bombshell. So I have, I've taken your courses, I've taken your programs, I've been indebted into your community. I found kind of my niche of what my service is, right. That I want to provide, and I'm ready to go out and seize the world and seize the day. Um, now, how do, how do people actually find me and work with me? So, uh, and I guess what I'm asking you is, is someone in your community, let's say that they're leaving, you know, LA and they're going to move to Paris and they're a graphic designer, how will someone actually find them? Or do you guys offer any tools or insights how the world can find them and actually hire them to do their work? Yeah, absolutely. So it's sort of a twofold thing. It's how are clients going to find you, but also how are you going to hustle and find clients and get yourself in front of clients? So it sort of primarily falls on you in the beginning until you've built up, you know, a referral system or you've built up your confidence in your portfolio. Um, so when you're first starting out, when we teach you how to build what we call a solopreneur website. So think of it as if you had, you know, if you were a baker and you were amazing at baking cupcakes, but the only way that you're going to be able to sell these cupcakes is if you have a bakery, a storefront, somewhere where someone can come and purchase your cupcakes from you. That's the same thing as what we reference our solopreneur site. You need a website online that showcases who you are, what you do, and who you do it for. So this is one of the key things that we teach inside of our course. So before someone jets off to Paris, we highly, highly recommend that they have their solopreneur site up and ready. That's where someone is going to be able to come to your virtual or digital storefront. So that's step one in terms of how do clients find you. Now, again, in the beginning, no one, you're not going to put your solopreneur site up and people are just going to start coming to it. I made that mistake in the beginning. I assumed I have a beautiful website. Uh, People are going to find me and I'm going to make so much money. That didn't happen. So I had a really big reality check and I realized I had to go out there and I had to put my storefront 
in front of people. So just like you have to market yourself and you have to also reach out and you need to do this on a large scale in the beginning. So you really need to put that hustle mode in, in the beginning. Um, if you want to start getting that client base built up over time, and then you can work towards referrals. So the way that you're going to go out there into the world is you want to figure out where are people online hiring what you do. So let's say you're a virtual assistant and you want to work with, you know, you can keep it broad in the beginning, say, let's say creative entrepreneurs. So our biggest tip is using Facebook groups. So most creative entrepreneurs are hanging out in Facebook groups with other like-minded men and women who are running online businesses. So you want to join Um, some Facebook groups and you want to start putting your expertise out there, commenting, providing valuable advice, but also you want to use this area to look through the members and start vetting people for who you want to reach out to. So I want you to go into their members list and I want you to start clicking through, go to their Facebook profiles, go to their own website, start seeing what you can offer them. If you see that they have an email campaign set up and they it's not sending properly, or you see that they have a bunch of link errors, or you see other ways that you have like constructive feedback where you can sort of see yourself, Hey, I can help this person out. I offer email marketing services and they could benefit so much if they hired me. So you have to have that kind of confidence as well in yourself. And like you, I've got this, I can basically be an email marketer for anybody who needs me. So you, you kind of find this need, you look through their website, maybe their website needs updating and you're a website designer and you can clearly see that from, you know, your website design knowledge, you know, that a button needs to be above the fold and they have no buttons above the fold. This is a really nice, simple, um, constructive criticism that you can then use later when you're going to contact this person. So let's say you've looked through their website. You really like them. You like what they're all about. You like what they're offering. You want to work with them. What I want you to do is get in contact with them. So I want you to go to their contact page form and find an email. You want to direct email them and you're going to direct email them essentially what we call an initial contact email. So we don't really like the term cold emailing because this is you're reaching out to them as a benefit. They can use your services. You want to work with them because you've researched them, not because they're just a random person that you found that you want to pitch your services to. You genuinely want to work with this person. So you're going to send out an initial contact email and introduce yourself, give them some constructive feedback, tell them what you do, link to your solopreneur site um, and send that email off. And you want to do this on a large scale. You want to be sending 25 to 30 initial contact emails in the beginning to land that client. So you want to get your storefront in front of clients. And that's one of our biggest um, strategies is to really utilize Facebook groups and send out initial contact emails. No one is going to know about you if you just put your website up and expect them to come. That was, trust me, I've been there. Don't worry. Like that's what I thought was going to happen. So that's our biggest piece of advice. And I love that you gave that advice because a lot of times as a business owner on, on this end, and I'm sure that you guys feel the same way. Like I would love it if someone would email me and be like, hi, I am in your Facebook group. I think that it's amazing, but here are some things that I really see that you could up level that I would love to help you with. This is what I do. Let me know if you're interested. Like I would be so happy to get an email like that of someone being like, this is my expertise. This is what I really excel in, whether it's, it's newsletters or copywriting or social media or what have you. And, and, you know, these are just some tweaks that I really think would help you shine a little bit more. And I would love to help you out. And a lot of times you don't get those emails. So I think that it really is that confidence piece of, of people really owning what they bring to the table and sharing that with people. 
Yeah, I agree. I love that you said that because we feel the exact same way, you know, from being on the client side. It's like it would be I think people assume that you don't need their services or again, because you're so stuck in your head like they, you know, they're too advanced of a business or they clearly haven't put out a job application. So they're not hiring for this. Like you and I both know we just haven't got around to putting out a job application for that because we're busy doing other things in our business. And so, um, really it's like, it's such an underutilized, you know, kind of, um, I guess skill or, or thing that people could do. Um, but being really genuine about it. And I'm sure you probably teach this in your Pidget Perfect course, um, you know, the pitching side of it and being professional. And I really think that it's all about the approach and you can tell, you know, I'm sure you're the same, Julie, you can tell when someone's reaching out to you and it's kind of like a standard templated thing that I feel like they sent to, you know, 50 other people versus someone who has a really genuine connection to you, who has some sort of personal story. Like you mentioned, you know, I'm in your Facebook group. Like these are the things I love about it. And all it takes really is that kind of tweak. And that message has such a big impact. You know, our VA forwards those emails to us and we're like, oh, okay, this is, you know, even if we're not hiring for this now, this person, you know, took it upon themselves to reach out. Let's keep her in mind in case we do have a position that opens up. Absolutely. I love that. And I'm so glad that you guys shared that. And I really hope that there are are people listening today that that actually take us up on that. So whether it's, it's not even if it's our own businesses, but other businesses out there that you really feel called to connect with that you do that for sure. Um, yeah. Send those emails. Yes, (laughs) we want them. Um, so I want to talk a little bit, um, kind of getting more into the business aspect of things and especially with what you, um, what you both really specialize in, which is remote work. And what do you kind of really see as the future of working from anywhere and really remote working. Yeah, it's been really interesting to kind of see how it's evolved since, like I said, since we started five years ago. Um, no one knew really like the term digital nomad is pretty much kind of the t- common term now that people use. And five years ago, it was not a thing. You couldn't say, you know, oh, I'm a digital nomad or I've met someone who's a digital nomad and people wouldn't understand what you're talking about. Um, where now, I think because of large media coverage, that has now sort of taken, you know, the digital nomad term, talked about it. What does it mean? What does it look like? Um, Showing kind of the lives of what location independent people are doing, I think has been a start from it. But also, like you said, from the business side, it requires businesses to also start hiring remote workers or allowing people to work remotely. And, you know, I think it has taken a bit of a different spin from just saying, you know, your quote unquote, work from home, you know, work from home, work from home one day of the week. A lot of companies that have started looking into remote work have actually found that their employees are happier. They're actually more productive because they have more work-life balance. Um, You know, people are able to decide whether they wake up and, you know, go for a morning run, whether they woke up at seven or eight, it doesn't really matter. They're able to maybe meditate or have some kind of morning routine and then jam out on work in like an environment that suits them, um, whether like wherever that is in the world. And it also takes a lot of overhead off of 
companies as well, because they don't need to have, you know, a giant office space that has 100 cubicles, for example, um, that no one even wants to be in. And so I kind of really hope or see the future of remote work going in that space where companies start recognizing the need for remote work and why it benefits employees and why work-life balance is so important. And I think as, you know, our generation starts being the CEOs of these companies, this is going to start picking up. And for the remote working world, you know, once you are able to be a remote worker, because this world has now expanded, there are, I think there's been like, I don't even know the exact percentage. I wish I had it off the top of my head, but a massive increase in co-working spaces around the world because people are working remotely. There's websites where you can now go on and that rate countries and cities around the world based on how awesome they are for working remotely. Do they have great communities? Do they have, you know, great co-working spaces and access to good food and all those other things that people are looking for? You would be shocked at like the amount of resources nowadays for remote workers. And so I kind of really see it going in this space. Um, and for me, my personal hope is that it allows people to start, you know, working to live, really, um, rather than the opposite, which I feel like has really kind of taken over, you know, taken over our world. And people can find more joy in work-life balance. People can have families and more flexibility. Um, that's sort of what I see and hope for the future of remote work. Mm. I love that. And I'm glad that you kind of dove into that um, because I think it's important because I think that a lot of times people... Um, can get very limited in, in, in their thought on that. Or, or again, just kind of going back to that scarcity mindset of, of not really like taking the leap to do that. Um, so thank you for that. And I want to kind of switch gears a little bit to talk, um, a little bit, a little bit more strategy, but, um, specifically, with Facebook ads. I know that, um, you know, we've both been in, in this mastermind together for the last year, all three of us, and we've, we've gone down many different avenues of many different strategies, which have been incredible, but one of which has been, uh, Facebook ads and really the importance of utilizing them strategically. But when Mm -hmm. you are really smart with Facebook ads, how beneficial they can be to the growth of your business, not only with the growth of conversion and and dollar signs, but really with the growth of of awareness. So I would love to kind of hear what your journey with Facebook ads have been, because a lot of my listeners, you know, they understand it conceptually, but a lot of them have either just kind of like try to do it themselves and they haven't really seen a big enough return, or they're kind of afraid to invest in it because they don't really understand it, or maybe they're afraid um, to hire, you know, a Facebook ads manager because they don't have the money. So I would love for you to kind of walk us through how you overcame some of those limiting beliefs and how you use Facebook ads to really see, um, a huge return in in your business and what you do. Yeah. So I think it was about two years ago that Shay and I sat down for a meeting. We were here in Bali at the co-working space and on our meeting agenda was, you know, start 
doing Facebook ads. Um, because like you said, you know, we had talked to a lot of other business owners that were utilizing Facebook ads that were seeing huge growth because of it and had really kind of encouraged us, you know, this is a world you need to get into, you know, this is what you're missing out on. So we sat down at this meeting and we were like, okay, start doing Facebook ads. And we like open up the power editor and we're like so lost. And, you know, Shay's like, you know, what type of ad do we want to put out? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, you know, who's our audience? And we're kind of like working through this. And, you know, we're getting really frustrated by the end of the hour. We're both frustrated. And I'm like, look, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> this is just straight up honesty. We are jumping into a world and we're putting, we're wanting to put money into something that we have zero clue about. So we took a step back and we were like, okay, what do we do in this position or what have we done in the past in this space when we want to learn something, want to do something, but we don't have the answers ourselves. So we were like, okay, within the next two weeks, we're going to sit down with at least five people that know Facebook ads, whether they've been doing it for their own business, whether they're Facebook ad strategists, whatever, like they have some sort of expertise in Facebook ads. And so that's really what we did. Um, we had meetings, random meetings, like, you know, like I said, with people who are doing it themselves, um, and just started asking people, you know, how, how have you learned Facebook ads? How is it working for you? What, based off of our business? Like, what do you think we should be doing? And just started gathering information. Um, and through that, we actually ended up meeting someone and hiring a Facebook ad strategist or consultant. Um, we took a course about Facebook ads, like, because we, you know, obviously <laughs> love course. online courses. Yes. And so we were like, okay, this is, it's a, like, honestly, online courses are a great foundation when you're like, I have zero clue. Let me start somewhere. So we took a course so we could start learning just the basics. We really had no idea, you know, what is a cold audience? What's a warm lead? What's uh, you know, what's an email list? All of those kind of, you know, specifics of Facebook ads. Um, and then from there, we were able to start working with our Facebook ad consultant. Um, and we started small. And I think that's one of the best pieces of, pieces of advice I have. You know, when you don't have any metrics to go off of yet or any experience, you're not going to throw thousands of dollars into your first campaign. It's all about starting, testing things, seeing what worked. Um, so we started really basic. We did a blog post ad uh, of a blog post that we wrote that we were like, this is really valuable, great content for people. Um, the great thing is we are very confident in who our audience is. And that's a really, really important thing, you know, for business in general, but also for Facebook, you know, they allow you to get so specific with your audience. So once you have a specific audience, it's important to know that and put that in there as well. Um, and we started running this one, one blog post ad, um, tweaking it again, getting feedback from our ads consultant, um, and learning that way. And the ad just took off and we were just shocked and we were like, Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. And so from there, we started learning other strategies. So it was, you know, a blog post ad, and we started testing with video and then, you know, Instagram ads 
started coming out and vlog style videos. And so really it's been this kind of journey over the past two years. And I feel like now we, we love it. Like it's so much fun to create really fantastic content, to put it in front of people and to know that it's actually getting in front of them, I think is one of the coolest things with Facebook. Um, but for sure, my biggest piece of advice for people who are not, you know, anyone who's listening, that's like, I want to start with Facebook. I don't know where to start. I would just like take some people for coffee, start asking them, invest in a course. It can be basic. You know, you're not trying to be a Facebook ad strategist unless you want to be like, let the experts do what they're good at, but you need to have some sort of foundation. Um, and then from there, it's just kind of journey and a learning process. Mm. Yep. And it really is, it's so scary, but like, it's so worth it. (laughs) If you, if you really find the right, the right person who really understands who you're targeting and kind of what your goals are, like it really can open up a whole new level to your business. Um, yeah, I agree. And interviewing people too, I think like when you're looking for an ad strategist, I mean, I'm sure you've done this too in finding people for your team. It's like, you want someone just like your accountant, you want it to be someone who you trust, who you can like, you know, for me, I'm not a numbers person. I want someone who like makes the numbers understandable that I'm like, I get what you're saying. And that's the same for Facebook ads, interview different people and hire someone who you trust and who is able to make Facebook ads make sense to you. Because like you said, it's such a valuable investment, but in order for it to work well, you still need to have an understanding of what you're doing in order to create the content that's going to work well. Absolutely. And and that's what I kind of always love to tell people too, because a lot of times people will say, well, I tried Facebook ads or I tried Instagram ads and they didn't work. And I'm like, well, they probably didn't work because you didn't really know what you were doing. It's, it's kind of like trying to do your own bookkeeping and being like, I didn't do it right. It's like, well, yeah, because you're, you're not a bookkeeper or like, you know, you're not an accountant. So you, you probably didn't do your taxes. Right. So yeah, I just, I love to kind of remind people of that, that it's, it's not just because it's a, it's a part of social media. It really is its own like beast in a lot of ways. And it's always changing, Julia. Yes. Just when you think you have a grasp of it, it changes. It changes. And it's, it's it's like new testing. It is. It's like new graphics. Like what do we need to do different? It's, it's always something with that. Um, but it really can give you an incredible financial baseline and more Mm -hmm. for your business. Yeah. Um, and speaking of businesses, I would love for you guys to kind of chat a little bit about, um, we were talking about kind of one of the challenges that you guys really see, um, in the influencer space. And you had told me that one of the biggest challenges that you see is that, um, you know, people don't really see their influence, um, as a business and they're not really approaching it as a business. So can you talk about that a little bit and, and kind of what that means to you and, and how those listening today can really start to approach their online influence, their blog as more of a business? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's something that I think Shane and I have spent so many hours just talking about this and kind of going down a rabbit hole because we're just really passionate about, you know, women who have a particular skill, it's amazing. But if you're not able to package that in a particular way, 
present yourself as a business professionally, like you teach and pitch it perfect. Like, how are you pitching people? What value do you bring? You know, what is the value for the company? What's the value for you? What are the deliverables? Um, how are you, you know, showing the metrics of this and the ROI? And I think a lot of people or influencers in this space, maybe because they see people on Instagram and, you know, they want that particular lifestyle. They want to be able to be an influencer. They kind of just assume that by having a pretty Instagram feed, by posting pretty pictures, that that's going to be enough, you know, or by booking a one-way ticket to a beautiful place and, you know, doing some Instagram stories from a tropical paradise, that that's going to be enough. And I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because I feel like you're the expert here in the influencer world, but it's become a lot more saturated in the last couple of years. And it's not as easy as just, you know, sending a quick email or tagging a hotel in an Instagram story and saying like, hey, let's do a collab. You know, hotels and brands and companies, they also are wanting to invest in people and influencers that are professional and that are, you know, are approaching their influence with a business mindset. And so I think whether it's, you know, whether you're wanting to do Instagram or collaborate or whether you're wanting to have a freelancing business, whatever it is, I think the foundations of business are still absolutely crucial to being successful. And so that's one of the biggest things that I think influencers are kind of being challenged with. But I also think in coming up to next year in 2019 and kind of the future that brands and and companies are going to start requiring from influencers as well. Mm, that's a great response. Um, I love that. And I'm glad that you really dove into it that way, because I feel like everyone can have their different angle and approach, but really hearing it from, from the source, I think in a lot of ways, cause you guys are, you're, you're in it every day. You're minding and grinding it. You're seeing it from so many unique perspectives. So I hope that those listening really, really took that away. Cause I think that, that was a really good response for sure. Um, so I have some social media questions. Actually, we had some followers write in, um, and wanted me to ask you guys some questions. So one that came up that I thought was awesome was um, how do you approach um, pitching when it comes to travel brands versus, versus other kinds of brands? So whether it be lifestyle, beauty, fashion, or what have you, have you guys seen that there's a difference and how do you go about doing that? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. You know, to be honest, it's really not something that we've like actively done a whole lot. And I think that there's definitely an opportunity, you know, as you know, like we're traveling full time, it would be awesome. Like, I think there's definitely room for us to have, you know, collaborations with more travel companies, whatever those are. Um, I think because Shay and I started our business, you know, when we did with such a focus on our community and our courses that we kind of you know, the influencer world or like working with brands and collaborating has kind of been, I don't know, to, to be honest, like put on the back burner. And so not because we don't think it's important, but I think because we focused, you know, you can only do so much and we've really focused our time on our, like I said, our courses and our community. So I wish I had a fantastic answer for that, like for pitching travel companies versus other companies. Um, I would say like, 
anytime you're pitching a company, like I was saying earlier, like being professional about it. And something that you've talked about that I think is really important as well is like, if you genuinely like this particular brand and have used this brand prior to even wanting to collaborate with them, that is what I think is important and show them that, you know, I feel like right now, a lot of people are wanting like influencers are wanting to work with more and more brands. And it's important that it still aligns with you, your mission, your audience, you know, every now and then I see people doing collaborations that I just feel like, I'm like, that seems like it's way out of left field you know, like a really random collaboration. And I think that when you kind of step back, like peel back the layers and think about which products you like using. So this particular question for the person who wrote in, like if it's a travel product that you just rave about, like in general to your friends, then I think I would reach out to them in that pitch email, make that really clear. You know, maybe if you've even posted about it on Instagram before, done an Instagram story, you can attach that as well into that pitch email and really say like why you love that product. I think a lot of brands are wanting like genuine users as well because transparency is becoming more and more important in this space. Mm, I would agree. And I love... um I love that you kind of touched on transparency a lot because I feel like that that's a part of this industry that can get a little, I mean, non-transparent for lack of a better word. It can just, you know, people can kind of just really dive in and kind of be really focusing on their own stuff and, and not really being as transparent as they could. That really is just going to kind of help the industry as a whole cultivate and grow into a bigger, um, space for everyone involved really. Yeah, I agree. It's funny. Sometimes when I post like a brand that I like. Like the other day, I think I posted a skincare. I'm like obsessed with the Caudalie brand on mm-hmm, Sephora. Me too. And I have, even like on this podcast, I have to say like hashtag not sponsored, <laughs> you know, like they didn't, you know, they didn't pay me to say that or anything like that. Um, And I think that it's, whether it's sponsored or not, you know, I think that it's really cool that influencers are getting paid, people are getting paid or free products or whatever to showcase things that they like. But like you said, I think it's really important that things are transparent because if not, we just, you know, social media is already so difficult to get caught up in like, you know, this is like a perfect snapshot of someone's life. And so I think the more that we can be transparent when it comes to collaborations, but also with social media in general. And it's something that we've really been actively working on because we love following people who are transparent and open and down to earth. And so it's been something that we've been, you know, really intentional about wanting to do as well so that people feel like they know, you know, they know where we've come from. They see the struggles as well. You know, it's not, it's not as easy as just like this perfect picture. You know, there was like a story behind it, whether it was a missed flight or a passport that I forgot, or, you know, all of these other things that, you know, are real day-to-day life. And I feel like for, you know, just the way that the influencer marketing is going, or just like influencers in general and social media, it's going to be really important for people to start showcasing that slice 
of their life. And I will be the first to say it is very difficult. Like, I will be honest, it's difficult for me because I come from the marketing world. Like, I love pretty pictures and pretty things and pretty packages. And I want things to be presented to me in a really pretty way. And so I find it difficult sometimes to kind of show the mess. But one thing that I've found has been really cool is the more that I show little slices of the messy parts or the things that are not so glamorous, it connects so much with people. And that's actually when we get the most responses and is when we're like, hey, by the way, we're not perfect. Here's where we totally effed everything up. <laughs> and like, if you can relate, you know, let me know. And it's just like the comments and the messages flood in and I'm just continuously reminded like, yes, this is what people want. You know, this is the real deal. Totally. And I love that you just got super honest at that point, because I think that it's a good reminder for everyone listening today that no one's perfect. We're all in this like massive mess that is this online space. We're all like navigating through it as, as well as we can. Um, but it is, it is, it can be messy at times, but that's like part of the process. For sure. Um, So I would love to kind of walk our audience through um, the bucket list bombshell like process, if you will. Like if, if I wanted to become a bucket list bombshell, what would be my first step? Where do I go? And kind of um, what should I expect to be the first um, niche into that, if you will? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we get a lot of people who email us and they're just like, I want this. I want this lifestyle. I want to be able to work online, but I have zero online skills or have zero skills or zero experience in general, which I want to say is just completely untrue. Like if you've lived any years in your life, you have experience, you have skills, especially if you, you know, worked any job, honestly, whether it's, you know, working in a waitressing position or working in a agency, it doesn't matter. You've learned things, you've experienced things. And so the first thing that we do is basically open people's eyes to the experiences that they already have and the skills that they already have. You know, to them, it might not be clear that it's an online skill per se, but that's sort of where we start working through what skills do you already have? Which do you love and enjoy doing because most people come to us out of, you know, they're in a position currently that they're feeling unfulfilled by. So we want to make sure that we're pointing them in a direction that they're doing something that fulfills them. So kind of taking those two things, skills you have with things that you enjoy doing, and then how can we help you learn new skills? So for example, Shay talked earlier about kind of our tech skills. There are skills right now that are extremely valuable online. You know, we talked about it too, Julie, like email marketing, social media, obviously, copywriting, anything in this like landscape of the online world online businesses need all of these things. So we want to be able to give women these actionable skills as well. And then from there, how do you present yourself online in the online landscape? So we usually tell people to pick about three skills to kind of be like, okay, these are the services that I'm going to start offering. And then we walk you through the process of building your solopreneur website like Shay talked about, because that's kind of your virtual storefront. Um, A lot of the professional business side as well. So how do you go about pitching people? Like Shay said, how do you go about even doing your first, you know, Skype 
client consultation. Like that's the people is like, I have no idea how to do that. Or how do I pitch myself? How do I sell my services? Um, how do you put a package together? What are contracts and why are contracts so important? How do you start figuring out your hourly rate? Um, again, a lot of these things that go back to kind of basic business principles, we talk them through or walk them through that process, but for the online world. So for example, another really great um, thing is, you know, people talk about how do I manage clients or how do I manage projects, right? So if you're not familiar with the online world, you might just be, you know, taking out a notebook and like writing everything down. Like these are all my to-do lists. These are all the things and getting really overwhelmed. But there's actually really amazing platforms online like Asana. It's totally free. And that's where we show people this is how you can start creating templates for projects, for clients. This is where you keep everything organized. This is how you create timelines and processes. Um, and then from there, it's like, okay, how do we now start figuring out your finances as well to make this really concrete and achievable? Um, a lot of girls come to us wanting to make more than their nine to five, which I totally understand. And that's kind of like the dream or the big vision. And since we're all about taking things, breaking them down, making it really actionable, it's like, how can we work backwards to start figuring out what your hourly rate needs to be, how many clients you need, how many hours you want to be working in the week, and then figure out how you can start getting clients from there. Um, and then the process as you start you know, building your experience is like, okay, how can you start getting long-term contracts? How can you get on people's teams and go retainer-based? You know, you can move away from doing hourly work and more into project-based things. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, you know, it kind of becomes this, it's always a work in progress and it's always a refining uh, process. And we get a lot of people who want to see, you know, the three-year roadmap from the very beginning. And I wish I had that. I'm sure you wish you had a three-year roadmap, but it's all about kind of just like taking it as it comes knowing that because it's your own business, you get to do whatever the heck you want, which I think is the coolest thing. You know, if you decide you want to change your services or try a different, you know, networking strategy, you can do that. You get to, you know, make the shots. And so that's where we've learned that there's not a perfect formula for success. It's all about, you know, learning from people. Like we said, taking those courses, having mentors, listening to amazing podcasts like this, then implementing things and figuring out what's working for you, what's working for your audience, what is your gut telling you to do? And then that's where the roadmap leads. You know, that's how the steps are drawn out. Entrepreneurship is not this like perfect roadmap to success over the next 10 years. And if it was like the whole world would be entrepreneurs. Um, but that's kind of the fun side of it. Mm, so good. And I love that. Thank you so much for that walkthrough and just like really kind of bringing that in, um, for the end of this. Um, so before we wrap this up, um, I want to ask you both a question that I ask everyone that comes on the show and that is what does influence mean to you? Such a good one. You want to go Shay? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Influence to me means having a platform where I can share my voice and specifically influence means to me is connecting with someone on the other side of that platform. So really a lot of the emails that we get from people, they're like, you're speaking to my soul. You're speaking to me as if you're my best friend. You're speaking to me as if you're sitting across the table, having coffee. And that's what I want. And that's what I believe influences. Mm, 
what's good. And Cassie? Preach it, girl. Now I'm going to have to live up to that answer. Um, You know, when I think about influence, I feel like for me personally, like what I want to do with my influence or what I've kind of aimed to do is take my skills, my unique skills, my unique passions, and to be able to impact a group of people. Obviously for us, it's our community through our mission. So like whatever your mission is, that's kind of like the influence side, leading them, impacting them. Um, But the other part of that for me, that's really important is to be able to use our influence as a platform to do even bigger things aside from our mission. And for us, what's really important is to be able to give back. And I know it might sound cheesy, like changing the world, but that is really like what I think when you have an influence platform, when you have the power to influence people on any sort of level, it should be about your mission, but also being able to give back on a greater scale. Mm. I love that. It's so good. I'm like, let's sit with that for a moment. Um, it was <laughs> awesome. Um, awesome. Well, thank you both so much for being here today and just sharing your journey with us, sharing your wisdom, your tips, and really just giving us a boost of inspiration that I think everyone's going to need um, throughout the rest of this week. Um, so to wrap this up, please let us know where we can find more about the Bucketless Bombshells, more about you, your social media, your websites, of course, and then um, what to kind of expect next. Yeah. So everyone can find us at bucketlistbombshells.com. Pretty much everything is on there. Um, Our courses are on there. Anything else you'd want to know about our giving back program, success stories from our students, um, our blog, of course. And then on Instagram, we are at bucketlistbombshells. Um, and then those are kind of pretty much the only two, speaking of social media platforms that we really use and utilize, um, our Facebook group, which is a free Facebook group called bucket list bombshells tribe. So you can request to join that as well. As for what's next. Oh my goodness. I feel like we have so many exciting things. We just launched our bucket list bombshells experiences, which is basically these monthly groups of women that are coming together and traveling and working around the world together. So right now we have girls in Lisbon, Portugal next month. We have girls going to Chiang Mai, Thailand, and then ending in October in Chenggu, Bali. So that's kind of been a really big thing that's kind of taken over our world and been really exciting and new for us. So we're kind of just waiting for those and seeing how those experiences go to plan for them in 2019. Um, We have an exciting kind of platform. That's all I'll say is just quote unquote platform that we've been working on. Um, You guys will be the first to know because we haven't said anything about it. We tend to keep things very, very under wraps. So that's kind of the next really, really big thing um, that we feel like is going to make a huge difference in this space of remote work and that we really feel like is going to fill a need for our audience. So exciting things. I can't say much more than that. Um, But yeah, we have a lot of things that we're just really excited for for the rest of this year, um, but also in just kind of the bigger vision of Bucketless Bombshells. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for coming here today and just for sharing your time with us. I can't wait to get the feedback from so many listeners. I'm sure that their just minds are going crazy and that their hearts are racing a little bit to be like, oh my gosh, like I think that 
I could totally do this. And now I know that I have this amazing community called the Bucket List Bombshells that are there waiting in the wings to really help me and support me get to that place. So I can't wait to really see what unfolds for our listeners today and really for both of you and how you're going to be able to really lead this next generation of women into really being able to support themselves by working from anywhere. So I'm so excited for that. I love you both so, so much. I can't wait till we all get together again and see each other. I hope it's sooner rather than later, as I've been so spoiled with getting a lot of you this year. So um, I can't wait to see you soon. And thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having us, Julie. This has been so much fun. Thanks, Julie. Wanting even more influencer podcast goodness and to connect with like-minded influencers? Join our Facebook community for daily tips on how to up-level your business and chat with myself and other listeners. All you got to do is visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the influencer podcast to be a part of this wonderful community. Are you ready to create your own industry leading influence for show notes, downloads, and action-based tips head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode guest and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.